Okay, and I'm back. This is Melissa Bassett, and my podcast is called I Want My 40s Back. Now, you're probably listening to this and thinking, you're back. You never went anywhere. But I did go somewhere, and let me tell you where I went. So I thought about doing a podcast, I don't know, about eight or nine years ago. I don't even know if there were podcasts then, but I knew I wanted to do something. I was divorced. I went through a divorce, and it was not one of those like hellacious, contentious, you know, let's beat each other up divorces, but it was hard. And I'm going to talk about why it was hard. But I just felt like what I went through would benefit so many people from doing the wrong thing, maybe making a better decision or decisions that I did back then. And then after my divorce, I met the best guy in the world, and his name is Mark. And we were together eight years, um, and he died. So now you're probably thinking, oh God, this is the most depressing podcast I've ever listened to, but stay with me, it gets better. Um, So I decided to do a podcast about women's empowerment. How do I help other women not make the mistakes that I made? How do I help other women make choices that are in their best interest and not in the best interest, for example, of a lawyer or of a friend or of someone that's giving advice that really isn't advice that you want to take? Um, But I'm an advocate for women. I have many women friends and I don't identify as like women only. Of course, I love having a mirror in my life. But I feel like when I look back on the 55 years that I've been on this earth, it is women who have influenced me, supported me, um, and empowered me. And so I hope this is helpful to you. I encourage you to like and share my Instagram page, which is I Want My 40s Back. Um, And you're probably thinking, Melissa, wasn't it divorced, not destroyed? I could have sworn I saw that Instagram account. And then wasn't it the Melissa and Rose show? I, I thought I saw that Instagram account. And so what happened, boys and girls, is life. So I had asked a friend to be a guest on this podcast, and she asked to be a partner. And we've had a lot of fun over the past five months recording. We probably have seven episodes done. But unfortunately, her divorce is not done. So eight years later, it still goes on. And her lawyer wanted to edit, you know, what we said to protect her. And I can't do it. I can't be edited. I'm not going to have some lawyer tell me what I can and cannot say for the potential fear that someone might sue someone else because of a sentence that we said. So rather than throw everything into the trash, which I have to do, um, I said, forget it. I'm going to start over. I want my 40s back is the name that I wanted to have all along. I don't have to ask anyone else's opinion. I don't need any more creative advice. I don't have to make things seem better than they are. Um, Portray things in a way that would make you see me in a better light versus just making up a lie. Um, So here we go. I'm here to talk about divorce. I'm here to talk about being a widow. And I'm here to talk about relationships. And so that can be relationships with your current husband, maybe a boyfriend, maybe a girlfriend, your ex. Um, And in my case, I'm going to weave into it what it's like to be a widow to be 55 and have, you know, on my rap sheet, a divorce after 20 years, and then being with someone who I thought would be my forever and and have them die, you know, eight years in. What do I do now? I don't know. You guys will help me. But I was 
regrouping today after I realized that we had to shut down kind of the main partnership and was talking with a friend. I talked to my son and it's funny, he sent me a text going, I know you're not asking my opinion, but I think you're better off on your own. So shout out to you, Brian. Like I do trust your opinion and your brother's opinion, but it was actually my ex-husband today that texted me and said, are you doing a podcast? (laughs) Because he saw it on Instagram. And I'm like, um, not really. And so I shared with him kind of some of the details of what kind of shut down the original idea. And my ex-husband said to me, you know what? I think that's a really good idea. My ex-husband encouraging me in women's empowerment. So I'm all in if you guys are all in. And so here we go. The story I'm going to start with is what does it mean when you are faced with divorce and it's not your choice? So I was married for 20 years. Would I say that that marriage was happy all 20? I would not say that. Um, The last words my ex-husband said to me on his way out the door when we agreed to separate. Sorry, I have to plug in my computer. And we separated because I found out that he was dating while being married. And, you know, that's kind of a non-starter. I don't know if it is for you guys. But for me, being married and having a girlfriend, I don't know. You know, not okay. Um, But when I was faced with divorce, I knew when I finally found out that he was cheating, that I had to take an action. But I knew for a long time that it was over. How did I know? because we didn't do anything together. He went out with his friends. I went out with my girlfriends. Um, Stop, no more food. It's my dog. Um, We did everything different. And did we have a lot in common? We had our kids in common. And I think that's the thing and the reason that we all stay is because of the kids. And that's such an interesting concept because when you model a behavior, your kids see it. And so we think as parents, well, I hate him and he hates me, but we'll stay together because that's good for them when they've been watching it the whole time. And I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets is that I never modeled the right behavior for my kids in my marriage. Like, and I wonder, do they know what a good relationship is, what it looks like? Um, And don't get me wrong, like the beginning years were great. We did everything for the kids, with the kids. And that was the problem. We didn't do anything for ourselves or together. We never went on a trip, a vacation, went away, not one time outside of our honeymoon until, I'm going to say 15 years after being married, 9-11 happened. And I couldn't travel for work. Planes weren't weren't flying. So um, my husband at the time drove me to a meeting. That was our big vacation. And I would look at other people. I had friends that went on trips all the time. And they would leave their kids with their parents as infants. And I'd say to my husband, like, oh, my God, can you believe them going and leaving their kids? I felt so superior that I had given it all up, that I did everything only for my kids. And the fallout was (laughs) my marriage because I did nothing, you know, for the marriage. Now... Do I think that if you are unhappy in your marriage, you should go get a girlfriend? 
or a boyfriend um, to fill that void? No, I do not. But I think that marriage, and I'll steal this from my um, my almost podcast partner, marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100, where both people have to give 100% to make the marriage work. Now, are you going to get along all the time? No. Anybody that is married... Sorry, I had a plug in my computer. Anyone that's dating, they you know, you fight. You don't always agree. But I think that having a plan to kind of sustain, foster, grow your relationship, it sounds so ridiculous, but you have to do it. It wasn't until I met Mark, and I met him in 2015, and I was newly separated, and because my almost ex-husband was dating, had been dating all along, you know, head start on me, I kind of rage dated. So when I met Mark and, you know, we went out to lunch, I think at the Bonefish Grill, very romantic. In my mind, I'm like, this is going to be uh, like summer fling, a one and done. I'm going to just have a ton of fun. I took risks. Like my friends were calling me saying like, who is this guy? My sister was at at my house with her husband the first time I went out with him. Everybody was freaked out. But at that time, having been burnt, I was completely numb. I had no feeling. I didn't care about the risk. I didn't even think about what might happen. And today you look at the news like, oh, this person met this person online. They got killed. They met this guy. They're killed. I didn't even think of it, and I had everyone telling me not to do it. But it was rage. It was like, if he can do it, I'm going to do it. And luckily for me, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out for eight years. Um, and I think, you know, to take the words out of my own kid's mouth, I think the benefit was in that relationship that I was finally able to model the right relationship to show what it's like when two people care about each other, that they think about each other, that they do things together. We did everything together. Um, and that was the difference. But I mean, I'll talk about Mark a lot, but that's not the, the point of this. The point of this is how can I empower you and other women to be advocates for themselves? Because when it comes to marriage, you don't have to give up. You don't have to give in. You don't have to lie in bed looking out the window thinking, if I just stay married for seven more years, when my youngest graduates from high school, I can finally be free. That was me. And I'll be honest, had my ex not made the first move, had I not found out that he had a girlfriend while married, I don't think I would have done anything. And I wouldn't have done anything for a couple of reasons. Number one, my kryptonite is humiliation. So if you want to get to me, if you want to bother me, if you want to keep me up at night, just humiliate, humiliate me publicly. And that was number one. I thought about I would be humiliated. What a failure. Me, who I have always worked full time. I've always traveled. I've always had a pretty decent job. And now here I am, the only divorced person that I know. So that was number one. Number two was, I was afraid, just afraid. What would happen? I used to think about Christmas a lot. 
So my in-laws, who I still love to this day, we used to have Christmas Eve at our house and all the relatives would come and it would be just, just so much fun and I didn't want to lose it. So I'm thinking like, okay, humiliation, <laughs> Christmas Eve, um, and then the kids. And that is a big one I underestimated. So I think I was so caught up in how this was all going to affect me that I would tell them, and this is the truth, in my head, I was like, I'm going to tell them what happened. And they would instantly side with me and we would you know, go off into the sunset. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen they it was a shock to them they didn't ever see us fight they didn't realize what was going on and kind of at the end of the day their dad was leaving and they didn't it's funny they never saw it as oh my parents got divorced they saw it as my dad is leaving and so going through that whole process which took about two years and it's a ton of activity you know what I mean like you guys it's not oh, I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to go live my best life. When you have kids and they're younger, so my kids were like middle school and one was in high school, there's activities. And so where you used to say, can you pick up the kids? Can you do this? Can you do that? You're doing it all. The kids are with you. You're going to do it all. Um, and I had to rely on others, which is, again, not my strong suit. I like to do everything on by myself and not have to ask for help. And at the same time, I was grieving. And so grief is a nasty bitch. And again, I'll talk about grief because the grief that I feel since Mark died, which was in June, so like seven months ago, is similar to the grief that you have when you go through a divorce, but different. Because the thing is, is that when you get divorced and you experience grief, you kind of wanted it. Right. So you grieve like Christmas, you grieve what you lost, um, but you're kind of happy. I mean, I was kind of happy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have to deal with texting constantly. Where are you? Where did you go? Are you coming home? I didn't have to like lie awake wondering, where is he? Like, and I never thought like I truly am such a Pollyanna. We had an agreement when we got married. We said if one person is going to cheat, we promise to immediately tell the other person that it's over before we did it to spare the other person. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen. So I was thinking, well, that he's not cheating because he would have told me, but he didn't tell me. So the grief that I felt was the humiliation, the betrayal, the fact that he didn't tell me, and most importantly, who else knew? And again, it goes back to the humiliation thing. And I know that it shouldn't matter, but it did matter to me. Who else knew and who else was gonna know? Because then I have to tell my story and tell my story I did to everyone and anyone that would listen. It was Rage Tour 2014. And if you weren't with me, you were against me. And I'm going to have some people on um, as guests that will explain what it was like to know me during that time. But believe me, if you weren't with me, you were against me. Um, and obviously, in hindsight, I can look back and say, that's so dumb. But I really didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, you just care about what you feel and what you think at that time. Um, 
but okay, Melissa, I thought this was about empowerment. Okay, I'm getting there. Thanks so much. So when I first got divorced, I went to my sister's, um, my sister had a divorce attorney. Come on, Rocky, come up here. And she suggested that I go to him. And I went to him and I said to him, uh, he said, tell me your situation. Who works? I work full time. He's self-employed. What do you have? What do you make? What do you do? And I was the breadwinner. He was self-employed, but self-employment sometimes is under the table. And the only thing on paper was me. And so he had left and gone on a golf trip the weekend after we separated. And the lawyer said to me, and I quote, you need to do two things. Number one, leave this office right now. Go outside and call him. Tell him that you're sorry. Tell him to have a good trip and that you'll work it out when you get back. And I was like, what the F are you talking about? And he's like, you don't want to give him any reason. He's got the upper hand on you. You're going to be paying him alimony for the rest of your life. And literally, you know that feeling when your fingers are tingling because you're like in such shock? And I'm like, what's number two? And he goes, number two is you're going to bend over and take it. And I think that day I had like a brain aneurysm. And I'm like, what do I have to take? And he goes, listen, this is the life that you set up. You're the one that earned the money. You're the one that um, put this on paper. And he did stay home for five years with the kids, which was actually the best five years of our marriage because there was real clarity, but more on that later. And I looked at this guy and I said to him, how much do I owe you for this super awesome advice? And he charged me $850. And I said, I will never do a <clears throat> effing thing that you have suggested. And he said, well, you know what? Good luck to you because you're never getting out of this. And I left, it was, it was actually in um, downtown Boston. I would say his name, God, I would love to say his name, but he's a lawyer. Um, and a lawyer is the, sh the one that shut down my first podcast. So I can't say his name, but if you DM me, I'll tell you. Um, and I went home and it's funny because, well, it's funny in hindsight, but I had given my ex all of the furniture in our den. So the only thing that was in that room um, was one chair. There was nothing in there in the TV. That's where we always sat. We had this huge house and we sat in this one ridiculous room. It was so stupid. My kids were at school. I poured myself a uh, vodka and fresca. I drank the whole thing. And then, you know how like you see in movies, you see people like crying and they're hunched over and you're like, oh, this is so dramatic. I can remember holding myself up in the kitchen, like rage, crying, screaming, and I'm not exaggerating. I fell on the ground in the room with the one chair. And I was on the ground howling like a dog because I could not believe that I had worked my whole life. I went to college. I went to grad school part-time for five and a half years. During those five and a half years while working full-time, I had a baby. I was going to business school pregnant. And here I am after all of that, buying our like dream house on the ground, like a dog, 
because I was going to lose half of everything and I did nothing. And that is the fact. So there is nothing that you can do financially, exclamation point, when you get divorced. If you've been married more than 15 years, 10 years I think is really the definitive line, but we had been married 19 years. I could not hide money. I could not say, well, I did this and he didn't do that. We were married and by law, he had rights to 50% of everything. I never cheated. I never stepped out on our marriage. I never flirted. I did nothing but take care of the kids, the house, and make the money. Notice I didn't mention take care of the marriage in that list, but, and that is the fact. And so the thing is, is that it was that day that I decided there's no way I'm going to let a guy tell me how my life is going to turn out. And that asshole lawyer was not going to be the end of me. So I ended up finding two women. And by the way, all of my life now providers are women. My financial planner is a woman. My doctors are women. In fact, when I have a, like a stand-in, if they go, the doctor's not in, you have to see like Bob Jones. I'm like, no thanks. I'm coming back. Maybe that's trust issues. I don't know. But I found two women. One was a strategist and one was the litigator. And the strategist is the one that talks to you and says, this is the reality. And then the, lit- the lawyer litigates. But what the strategist said to me was this. And by the way, her fee was 50% of what that asshole in Boston charged me. And what the, her summary was this. We'll listen to you. We'll listen to all your stories. We will tell you that is terrible. We will tell you, Melissa, that it, you are 100% right. But during that time, we are going to charge you $450 an hour. So save it for your girlfriends and let's just get to the business of getting divorced. And that's when I realized it was women that were going to get me through this. They were right. I did have my friends to talk to, complain to, wear out. I think they like would screen my calls a lot. But um, it was women that helped me get through it. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. I want to do a podcast to help women feel empowered through their relationship, through a divorce, um, and in my case, even being a widow. We don't have to take it, but we also don't have to rip our shirts off and light our bras on fire. Um, We just have to keep a calm head most of the time um, and be rational. And I, I think that especially when I've watched a friend go through recently, when money comes into the picture, it's money that drives it. And it's money, loss of money, not getting enough money. It all comes down to screwing the other person. And so I rushed through my divorce. um, And rush is a relative term. It still took a year. Because I wanted to be able to hit the reset button. If I had to fork over 50% of everything... Let's get it done, and then I can rebuild it. Was I strong during that time? No. Did I cry a lot? Yes. Did I call everybody up and try and get them on my side? Yes, I did. Was I successful? Mm, 90% of the time. Because the thing is, is that in a marriage or a divorce, when someone has done something wrong, it's hard not to hate the enemy. It, it really is. 
And when you cheat, and we'll do a whole episode on cheating, when you cheat on your spouse, you're not just cheating on them. You're cheating on your family. It's not just you. You're not an individual alone that has needs, that deserves things, that wants things. And so if there's any, um, sorry, I have to plug in my computer for this damn part. If any of you are thinking about divorce right now, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying think of all the roads that get to it. And I would do this, I would say, what would Christmas be like? What will college graduation be like? What will happen when they get married? Um, I thought about that a lot. And I'll tell you, I am not good at divorce. My ex-husband was so kind to Mark. He would shake his hand. He would come to volleyball games and say hello. He would do all the right things. And, you know, my own opinion, I think that once you're out of a marriage you don't want to be in, you're everybody's friend. Oh, hi, 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 how are you? I have never, not once, said hello, shaken a hand, or met any of his girlfriends. And you know what? I never will. Because the thing is, is that I know for me what it was like, and I know for me what I went through with the kids, the years of figuring things out, having to sell my house, having to downsize. I had to quit a job where I was making awesome money and take a job that I was making a lot less money so I didn't have to travel so I could be home for the kids. I made a lot of adjustments to my life because of a divorce I didn't ask for that was put on me. And to be fair, I also wanted it too, cheating or not cheating, but there was a lot of sacrifices I made. And so I'm not going <laughs> to welcome. I'm not that girl. I'm not going to sit on a bench with someone's girlfriend. If he gets remarried, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say congratulations because, quite frankly, I'm not happy about it. I am not happy about someone else moving on. Um, I was happy about me moving on. But um, but if I, can, if I can impart wisdom or advice to you, my audience, it would be to think about what you want and how it's going to be before you choose a mate or before you get married. Because the one thing that my ex said to me as he walked out the door the day we got separated, which is like, I remember it. I remember what I had on. My friend Melissa will tell me, you remember what everyone has on, but I do. I remember what I had on, how I was sitting, where I was sitting, and he was standing by the door to the garage. And he said to me, I am exactly the person I, I was the day you married me. And the reason that we are getting divorced is because you wanted me to be someone that I can't be. Let's let that sink in for a minute. It was really just for me to drink wine, but that is true. He was right. That doesn't excuse the action, but he was right. And so I did want him to be somebody else. I got married because everybody else was getting married. My friends were married. They were getting having kids. And at 26, I thought I was like <laughs> spinster daily. <laughs> I'm now the widow Bassett. But I, I thought like, this is my shot. I got to take it. And at 24, I didn't know any better. 
I think people know better now. Like my son and his girlfriend have relationship meetings. I'll talk about this later, but I think it is the best thing I've ever heard of. It's like once a month Festivus where you get to air your grievances. You don't do it every day. You don't do it every week. You save it for one day. You let it all out. We agree. We disagree. We move on. I got, I love that. I wish I had that um, when I was younger. But in conclusion, I'm here to empower. I'm here to help. I'm here to bring people on um, that can tell their stories or their stories about me that I hope are helpful to you. Um, but I just want to tell my story. Like I have had a great life. I think I have awesome kids. I've had a lot of great experiences. But right now, as I look back, I'm like, I've got a 20-year failed marriage. Mm-hmm. I had an eight-year awesome relationship with a guy who died in my house with hospice. Kind of a bummer. Um, what's next for me? And so I think this is uh, part advice and part therapy. So I hope you'll stick with us. And by us, I mean me and Rocky, my dog. There's no more partnership. Um, We were divorced, not destroyed. That domain got stolen the minute I put up. Um, Then we were the Melissa and Roe show. And so now it's me. It's me and my guests. And I call it, I want my 40s back. Because if I could do my 40s all over again, it would have been so different. Um, Follow me on Instagram at IWantMy40sBack.com. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, everybody.